Today, my guest is Mike Mandel. You may have seen him on TikTok, but behind the scenes, he's a lawyer, social media influencer, and founder of Mandel Law, a firm that transforms the process of legal advocacy. He graduated from USC School of Communications in 2009 and Duke University School of Law in 2012. He has over eight years of experience in various areas of law, including personal injury, criminal defense, sexual abuse, and entertainment law. He is passionate about redefining the justice system and empowering his clients with unprecedented choice, unparalleled expert access, and pioneering technology. He is also known as the number one lawyer on TikTok, where he's amassed over 7 million followers by sharing legal advice and tips in an entertaining and informative way. He also has a strong presence on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, where he posts videos, podcasts, and testimonials about his work and life. He is on a mission to connect with a younger, internet-savvy audience and educate them about their legal rights and options. Welcome to Success Story. I'm your host, Scott Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Quick shout out to HubSpot before we get started. HubSpot has an incredible tool called Sales Hub. If you haven't checked it out now, you got to. Why? Well, you know what time it is. It is sweater weather, football season, Q4. This is the home stretch for your business. It is time to close out another year of growth, another year of business building strong, and to prep for the next year of more revenue, more customers, more deals. To bring in more business this Q4 and beyond, you need sales software that helps you score, and top tools are all inside the new HubSpot Sales Hub. With a customizable prospecting workspace, smart deal management, and AI-powered apps, you can take total control of your sales operation and manage your people, and your pipeline with ease. They've built it and designed it all into an accelerated workflow baked right into your HubSpot CRM. And when you pair Sales Hub with other hubs like HubSpot's Smart CRM, your team will be on the same page across the entire customer journey. Leads don't slip through the cracks. Stop sticking to the same old strategies and start closing more deals because the best time to score is Q4. Make the switch to HubSpot Sales Hub at hubspot.com sales. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the most recent uh, fork in the road, essentially, which was uh, when I, uh, you know, I graduated Duke Law School, went to go work for a big corporate law firm for nearly eight years. Um, and my family had a law firm that, you know, you just don't go to a small little law firm like that after going to Duke Law. So I, you know, didn't go to my family's law firm, but eventually decided that, uh, you know, I wanted to be closer to family, would learn more from family, you know, people that really care and nurture. Um, and so I went to my family's firm and that, that was 2000, end of 2020. And, uh, that's when I could first start using social media to market. Uh, and I decided, you know, because before when I worked at a big law firm, it was too much red tape, too many permissions you had to ask for. You had to act a certain way, be a certain way. You couldn't do it, right, basically. Um, but with my family's firm, I had a little more leeway, although they still didn't want me to associate their firm with me. Um, so, uh, But I, I started doing it. And within a month of posting on social media, I blew up um, and ended up leaving my family's firm after only two months of working there. 
uh, and really took a, uh, what my family thought was insane was, you know, decided to fully go into the social media, um, influencer, legal influencer, um, thing that was happening. You know, this went from a million to 2 million, uh, you know, within, you know, like 10 days and it just has kept growing. I think we're at 14 million now. Um, but it was considered pretty crazy, you know, to go to law school, go through all, all of this work and then, uh, <laughs> and then decide to be, uh, you know, uh, influencer in a sense. <laughs> that's wild. Um, so, uh, that's, that was a pivotal change because I never thought my life was going to go on that track. And, but the moment I saw, you know, something special, like, you know, how often does something like this happen? I knew I had to jump on it, whether I would be successful or fail, I had to take that risk because these, these opportunities don't happen that often. What made you, so when you were going through law school at Duke and then you worked for a huge law firm and then you worked for your family's law firm, uh, why did you, how did you have a mind for marketing? How did you think, oh, social's it? Because how many other law, law school students, you know, peers, uh, classmates that you graduate with, all same age, all grew up with social, now they're working for, you know, small, mid, large law firms and no one's really doing this. So what made you like sort of the outlier? Well, I mean, I, I went to University of Southern California where I majored in communications. Uh, so, uh, you know, at that time, Facebook had just come out uh, for, for university. Uh, uh, USC was one of the schools that was added. You know, they, they expanded from Ivy Leagues to, to additional colleges. And so there was no uh, discussion in communications major about social media or the power of social media because it was literally brand new. Uh, but there was a lot of discussion about mass media marketing and things like that. And, you know, I really uh, learned a lot about, you know, communications and, and things of that nature. So I went into law school knowing that. Um, also, just being aware of how much social media kept taking over our lives, you know, over the years from from then when when I graduated undergraduate school to um, to now. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, it's it's looking a lot of the lawyers that are in big law or mid mid law firms, they they don't have the ability, you know, to to advertise themselves. Uh, there's still a uh, thing with lawyers about having to look and present themselves a certain way and a concern um, that kind of steers them away from social media. But I can say that after uh, you know starting to post, I got a lot of copycats out there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've, uh, there, there's a lot more lawyers out there now than there were when I first started. Um, when I first started posting in, on TikTok in December of 2020, uh, there was only one lawyer that had a million followers, maybe five or six lawyers that had like a decent following. And the lawyer with a million followers was just doing TikTok dances. Um, so I, I saw an opportunity to, you know, educate people. Um, and now that's not my passion, you know, is it's, it's kind of gone from being, uh, this lawyer, you know, I, I used to think of success as winning for my clients, you know, me, 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 um, being the best lawyer I can, which is, you know, it, it's righteous in its own way. But, uh, once I started using social media and getting people messaging me and saying your tips helped me um, and, and all sorts of different scenarios that um, this educational educational tips have helped people. I felt a new purpose, you know, which was um, to to really help 
everyone, you know, as much as I can, because the law is not taught, you know, it's not taught. No, it's complicated. And, and you have the platform now. And now I I am curious though, because all those big law firms, they have all these, they, they have this red tape in place for a reason. It's so that when you're marketing in, in a, in an industry like law, you don't want something to be misconstrued or misunderstood. So that makes sense that, you know, that, that element of safety in your marketing, right. The same with like banks and finance and all these different heavily regulated, or even like not heavily regulated, but very serious industries where something's misconstrued that can be disastrous and you can get in a lot of trouble. So, you know, it takes a, it takes a lot of balls to do what you did because you're paving the way you're doing, you're giving advice online. And I mean, with, with with uh, with online legal advice, that's a very scary thing to put out there. Same like online financial advice, like people could misinterpret it. Well, we we, we refer to it as as uh, tips. Tips. Okay. Uh, you'll, you'll see uh, a lot of lawyers will make it very clear, including myself, that like it's tips and not advice. Yes. Because if we if we say advice, uh, that puts us in a relationship with you know every single person watching it. Uh, so it's just tips, you know. Uh, but but yeah, there is. Uh, you know, a lot of work that goes into, um, you know, researching the, the words I'm using. I have, you know, I think more so than any other creator, um, I spend a lot of time uh, scripting and making sure that I'm able to fit all this knowledge and make sure it's not inaccurate in something less than 60 seconds, which is an art in and of itself, you know. Um, but um, yeah, and, and financial people have to be just as careful, you know, um, and make sure that they're following the rules. Uh, when you have any profession, you follow those rules. No, no, of course. Now, this is something that I think a lot of small business owners, uh, mid-sized business owners can can learn from you. Even, I mean, even large organizations where I really believe a CEO or an executive should put themselves out there. Uh, you look at you look at some companies like Duolingo, like Duolingo absolutely killed it, right, with their marketing, but a lot of companies don't. So. I think that if you are doing it in the legal profession, which is obviously like a stuffy old school, you know, quote unquote, boring category or industry, then most other businesses could probably do this if they put themselves out there. Um, What were the first things that you had to think of when you created your first, like, what was that first piece of content you created? Did it suck? I'm sure it wasn't great. (laughs) Like, what was that thought process? Yeah, it sucked. (laughs) Uh, It definitely sucked. But uh, it it was, if I can remember correctly, um, gosh, it was, it just was not filmed exciting. It was uh, just spouting out the information. It was before I really, you know, the last three years I've, uh, I've essentially focused in on learning the algorithms, learning all these tricks, you know, through trial and error of social media and there's really a formula to it when you when you analyze enough people and enough things you start to understand especially with the short form content which is what uh we we use the most and what has been the greatest thing for getting leads in business um is is you start to notice there the things that work and the things that don't um and in the beginning, there's a lot of things that don't. <laughs> uh, and and now, you know, I feel like I know how to pump these things out. Um, and, you know, we, we even uh, have a course where we are teaching people from all different backgrounds, all different uh, industries, this type of stuff, uh, because it is uh, formulaic in some sense. Um, 
there's a formula to follow and there's the the part of having to be yourself and and create something different so that you stand out and and you're not just a copycat but within that is is kind of the formula that uh you can see on all shorts that's so interesting because you you do blend both right you blend your personality plus you blend industry specific knowledge and in your opinion you think it's like a 50 50 split or is one more important than the other like could you could you take somebody that has no personality put them in front of a camera and if they edit it the right way can you make that person go viral yeah i mean we've we have students that we you know it's all about playing into your characteristics um i i have students that you know said i want to be like this person and that's just not who their personality is and they said i can act like them no we don't want you doing that you know uh play if you're soft-spoken then be soft-spoken you know talk you talk lighter you you give your your value differently the key is to give value right and we talk about value as being to educate inspire or entertain and if you can do one of those, then you're probably going to have some successful content. If you can do a combination of those or all three of them, you're increasing your chances of that content being viral. And so with, with my content, you'll see a lot, like it's obviously educational, but we try to uh, in, put in that entertainment value as well. Um, and that's why they, they tend to do better than, you know, everyone else out there. And, and you know, when you first started going viral, because even the way you grew is, is like phenomenal, right? Many people don't grow to the size that you're at in in 10 plus years of creating content. So what what do you think the because obviously you have a little bit of a formula, but now you now you know what works and what doesn't. So you know hindsight's 2020. 20. When you're looking back outside of the editing cuz I you know you look at your clips and if anybody has not looked into your content or doesn't follow you on TikTok, like please go obviously, you know, check out like Law by Mike, Mike Mandel, but you have to see the way you edit. Very quick, very you jump from scene to scene. Like it's 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 really um it's really captivating. It keeps you it keeps you, you know, it keeps you paying attention. Um but outside of that, it's obviously educational. Is there is there certain um topics that are like more emotional that drive more engagement or what what's the outside of the the quick edits and the and the and the and the helpful topics like what else is it that makes it truly viral yeah i mean look we have our style which from the beginning has been you know edited a certain way i can tell you looking back on it uh you know i it's created more work for for me because uh there's a standard that we have to always put out uh but there's other creators out there other uh, lawyers, other people in different industries that simply put up a green screen and, you know, talk to themselves. Uh, there's And they get views. There's ways of doing it without having to do this crazy editing. That's just our style, which is, you know, why I say you want to create your own style in something that fits within your framework. Um, but I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. 
There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Today's show is brought to you by 1Password. Now listen, we all have that one friend who's constantly forgetting passwords and needing help to get into their accounts. I have a solution. It's called 1Password. 1Password is the award-winning password manager trusted by millions of users and companies like IBM and Slack to keep logins, credit cards, and other private info safe in an encrypted vault that only you can access. No more sticky notes with passwords or using the same password everywhere. I've been using 1Password for a year now, and I can't recommend it enough. It saves me time from having to reset passwords and gives me peace of mind knowing my info is secure. With convenient features like automatic password generation and login autofill, 1Password takes the hassle out of passwords. You can use it on all your devices, iOS, Android, Mac, PC. Everything syncs seamlessly. And with top-notch security audits and encryption, your data stays private. So do yourself a favor and check out 1Password today. Go to onepassword.com slash Clary and get a two-week free trial. Let 1Password remember all of your logins for you so you can remember what really matters. That's onepassword.com slash Clary for two weeks free. I just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I believe you said the the question was well. It was like uh, so you ask me again. So you have like the the you have this great editing, but you also have the the helpful content. Is there anything else like the certain type of topics that are more emotionally charging than others? Oh, yes. Right? Yeah, the topics. Yeah, the the topics. Um, you want to think about things, no matter what your industry is, from a standpoint of what would be useful for someone that they can act on right now. Um, the, the concept that we use that helps drive business uh, and, and get leads and clients is that we're not directly selling to people. We're not saying, go call me, you know, do this or buy this. Uh, no, we're just giving value and then people come, right? It's, it's kind of like this, the, the velvet hammer, we like to call it. You just kind of lightly tapping people on the head. And then, you know, when something bigger comes up, um, they'll be, that person gave me all these good tips. You know, they gave me all these good tips that I could use and I was able to use them right away. But now I got this big issue and I need, I need the real estate agent for that, or I need the tax guy CPA for that, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's what you want. 
and, and the you know the alternate to the velvet hammer is the real hammer and if you hit someone over the head with a real hammer it hurts right so <laughs> it's not it's not a good outcome so that's the that's the kind of concept there and so uh, you know, I give examples like if you're a, a bankruptcy lawyer, like you could be boring and talk about new bankruptcy laws. No one cares about that. No one can act on that. Right. Um, but if you say, hey, this is how you can uh, increase your credit score or these are some tips to help pay off your debt, you know, still related to bankruptcies. But at the same time, uh, real value that people can use right then and there. And then if they do go bankrupt, guess, you know, who they're going to call, right? Uh, but hopefully your tips help them. <laughs> why, why is it that? Uh, but the, oh, no, I was going to just ask, like, just on that point, like lawyers. Okay. So I, I always hear personal injury lawyers. I always hear personal injury lawyers on like radios and whatnot. And it seems like these yeah. are like the most archaic marketing strategies in the world. And they always have a jingle and it's always like. And I don't know yeah, why lawyers do that. And it's not, it's not all, I mean, like if you go to a big law firm, you'll probably, if you, if you go to their website, you'll probably be retargeted with paid ads and a much more complex strategy, but some lawyers yeah. they just use the most old school marketing tactics. Well, it, the thing is, is that those marketing tactics do work, right? They, they still work the radio ads, the billboards. I mean, I, I can, I'm here in LA and I can drive down the street and it's almost like the lawyers put the billboards on the same side of the street or facing each other. Like you have a billboard there. I'm going to have one here against you. Like, it's just crazy. Uh, but the thing that the old school way of advertising is old school for a reason. And that's because, uh, you know, you can put out television advertisements, radio advertisements, billboards. It's a one way street. It says, Hey, call me, Hey, do this. Right. But with social media, you're creating a two-way street. You're, you're putting out content of value, but also opening up dialogue. You have the opportunity to talk with someone who goes, I don't understand this, or I want to learn more information. You don't get that, you know, the same way with, with a billboard. You're, you're literally just shouting at the person, right? Um, so that's the thing that, you know, when it comes to small businesses, mid-sized businesses, um, if you don't have a huge marketing budget, the key is to be using social media. You know, I, um, the, all social media costs is your time, right? Uh, you just need an iPhone. You know, we teach this in our course as well. Like all you need is an iPhone and some time. Um, that's what I started out on, uh, you know, verse, you want to do radio ads, you want to do paid advertising online. You want to do any of that stuff. That's not organic. You got to have a big bankroll for that, you know? Um, so this is the easiest way to, to get you know, the outcome you want without having to spend the money. Yeah. And, and another thing too, that I think you're a really great example of because social media is great at taking very complex issues and simplifying them. And I think if we're talking to business owners that are sort of on the fence about putting themselves out there, they're trying to figure out, well, you know, all I need is time and an iPhone, but my time has, you know, a cost associated with it. And if I'm going to spend time filming, what else could I be spending on for my business? But when you, when you think about the ability that you have to take complex issues and simplify them and educate an audience, I think that business owners should understand that they actually, they actually can simplify some of the more complex topics that they, they know inside and out because to their target audience, depending on the complexity of the audience or the potential customer, but to their audience, they may not need to know it at the same level as a business owner. So business owners are going to get inside their own head and they're going to say, well, how can I possibly talk about whatever product or service in its entirety in 30 to 60 seconds? Like that's not what you're doing at all. 
at all at all no and that's not what people want and you know there's this goes back to that uh, point i was making that you know you want to provide value to people something that they can act on now um you know if it's if you're getting too much into the weeds you know that's the type of thing they should be calling you for right um you know my to give an example with the legal content it's like you know hey you don't have to answer the cops questions invoke the fifth i mean that's simple quick uh tips that again they don't teach you in school right but it's it's a very quick way and simple way of explaining a right you have of course there's all these different exceptions and things and you know all all different things with that and that's you know maybe a different video talk about those um but um i think uh there's no matter what your industry is there's a way to present things in a simple way um and and we you know we have different ways that that we think about topic ideation whether it be you know visually showing someone like you you had in the act of doing something first giving insider tips you know uh kind of like my content first uh you know answering frequently asked questions or questions that people are constantly googling that they don't understand like the basics um there's just so many different ways of presenting stuff uh that you know you can really figure out a way to connect with your audience by doing it correctly well let's talk about let's talk about the time investment as well because people are trying to figure out is it is it worth my time so when somebody sort of gets on the social media train and and social media content you know, it lasts for 30 seconds and then the, the, the consumer is on to some, something else. Like they scroll through it, they, they watch it, they scroll through it. And it does take a lot of exposure to a particular person or a business or a certain brand before somebody starts to remember them and, and it starts to, you know, really resonate so that when they have a legal issue, they think of Mike, that's going to take a couple pieces of content over a period of time. So the business owner is like, well, okay, how much time do I actually have to put out two, three, four, five, six plus pieces of content per week? And I have all these different platforms I have to worry about. So what's the, what's the strategy for somebody who just wants to start, doesn't have tons of time wants to show up in front of an audience again and again and again because they know that, that one piece is really not going to make a big difference so they have to have some sort of sort of predictable strategy and 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 schedule right so how do you how do you get them just started with some sort of uh content schedule yeah we we, we talk about this in our course you know the bare minimum that i would like to see someone post is is once a week uh you know preferably more like twice a week but, you know, we, we organize stuff and we, we explain this in our course. It's about blocking and, and, and putting tasks together um, where we essentially say that if you can devote, uh, you know, four hours a week, uh, you can get two videos done. Um, and when it comes to the posting of and that's I'm talking about that's from topic ideation, scripting, uh, editing and filming, uh, assuming you're doing all of that, um, you know, there's if, depending on your f funding and what you have available, you can outsource certain things um, and make it easier on you. Uh, but that's what we we've have figured out. Um, and the idea is to constantly post at the same time every day, um, same time each week on that day. Uh, you want to think of your uh, content like a TV show. Uh, if people are, are used to watching their favorite TV show Sunday evening, and all of a sudden you start posting Wednesdays or take a week off and then post three weeks later, it, no one can get any consistency there. So um, it's about figuring out what you can handle. And if that's once a week, fine, you know? 
um, start there and then build into more if you, if you need to. Uh, and as far as the scheduling for different platforms, it's actually easier than you think. Um, there's a lot of different, what they call Omni tools out there where you can upload a single video and then it can auto post to, you know, all the platforms. Um, you certainly want to take advantage of all the platforms. Uh, the good news is with short form content, which is why I love it so much. You create one piece of content, you know, under 60 seconds, uh, it's going to go on TikTok, YouTube shorts, Facebook, and Instagram. That's four platforms. You know, you just quadrupled the, the amount of people that would be looking at this because it's on four different platforms. And, um, you know, I think, uh, it's, it's just the easiest way to, you know, really take advantage of the time you put into that one content. Uh, as far as, you know, the, the time commitment, you were saying, uh, that people, uh, that it takes a while, right? That they have to constantly see your face. I think there's some truth to that, but there's also, you know, in my experience, I'll put out a post on a certain topic and sometimes someone just calls me right away because it's on that topic. So sometimes it's, um, it, it is because you're talking about something that someone is going through that issue right now or has that, that kind of, uh, you know, problem they need solved or, or looking for whatever product it is, whatever it may be. Um, but uh, the key is is the consistency of putting out the post, engaging with your audience, building a community. Um, and if you have a community of like, even even if it's only like a hundred people, but they like love your brand, that is better than any advertising will ever give you because these people also go out. I've gotten referrals and and clients from, uh, people that found me online, but now through word of mouth told someone else who's never seen me online. So it's now it's going like a different level, you know? Um, so there's, it, it's just a, if you're not taking advantage of this, it's 2023, <laughs> you gotta do it. <laughs> you gotta do it. It's like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I know we're, I mean, we're both, we're both believers in this. I mean, we're, we're creating content nonstop. I mean, I, so I yeah. took a different approach and I'm actually curious about your opinion on this. So I thought when I first started this podcast, uh, for complicated issues, it would make sense to do long form. That way you can mm -hmm. have a conversation about it. You can get into nuances and context and you took the opposite approach. You went super short form and you kicked ass by the way, like you, you have a much larger following. So I know that I have to focus more on short form stuff, but I'm wondering if, you know, maybe it's the, the comfort level of the person with the medium as well. Cause some people like to write, some people like to have casual conversation on long form podcasts. Some people don't mind dabbling in the editing and they, they, they mess around with like short form editing. So do you think that there is a certain type? Like, I mean, I guess it would just be the platforms that have the, the, the best chance of going viral that if you can manage yeah, to so, go on those, that's the best opportunity. Yeah. So it's, um, <clears throat> We, our course focuses on short form content uh, for a reason, because it is the fastest way to grow. There's nothing wrong with doing the long form content that you're doing, uh, but you will never, even if it's as good as, you know, the best content ever, it will never grow as fast as how short form content grows. And the reason behind that is, you know, when it used to be you only had Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, TikTok comes in. And TikTok's algorithm essentially revolutionized everything. It was uh, all of a sudden off one, any one video, someone could become famous, right? Viral sensation. Uh, and that didn't exist before. With Instagram, you had to build following over years and years. And same thing with Facebook and YouTube. 
Um, and so that's what got so many people attracted to TikTok because they each video is taken separately. Um, you know, if you have a larger following on TikTok, yeah, it will get more initial views, but essentially uh, each video is determined how, how long are people watching it? And that's, you know, it will go viral. Um, and so once uh, that happened with TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube started going, oh crap, everyone's taking, everyone's going to TikTok and taking away our views. So then they all created their own versions of it, which all do the same thing, which lead to more, more eyeballs quicker than has ever been before, before TikTok showed up, more eyeballs seen it, faster growth. Um, and, you know, because the platforms are competing, they are kind of pushing this content out more than any other content. So it really is like the prime time to be taking advantage of it. Um, and with your, you know, what you're doing, uh, you know, you just, you can do long form content and, and cut it up into shorts. Um, now I just got to get <laughs> good at it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the way you do it. And you'll see a lot of that, you know, online. Um, I'm still, uh, my preference still is to create specific short form content because I know it does better, but you can still create good content doing long forming and making it into shorts. Yeah. And I, and also, you know, I think that another thing that is very important for business owners that are trying to start to create content, if they haven't already, is, like to your point, you're answering questions that people care about. So this will allow to monetize quicker. So if you cre are creating that very specific content for a short form platform like TikTok, Reels, YouTube, whatever. I mean, now they even have like Snapchat spotlights, which I don't mess around with, but I know that's a thing. Um, if you're answering these very specific questions that the buyer could have, then that's going to turn into a lead much quicker than just a brand play, giving very, you know, ambiguous, almost general information that maybe isn't so specified. Or if, for example, I cut a, a 30 second clip out of this, well, you know, that's great. It could, it could go viral, but it may not. It, it may be like a very, you know, part of a conversation. It's not the most useful thing to somebody. It's a nice thing to listen to, but it's really not going to drive a point home. Like if I scripted out a 30 to 60 second show, right? It's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why we focus with our students so much on the scripting, coming up with the topic ideas. We have uh, what we call the heartbeat method. And it's an acronym where each uh, letter stands for a different thing that you can go down the list and, um, you know, figure out a, a topic idea. Like you never run out of topic ideas on it. Um, and the, and then with the scripting, it's, it's really, you know, get all the information down. Then you, then you want to make it shorter, make it shorter. And, and, and we teach all of that, um, you know, but it is starting from, you know, the value and then getting it down, you know, it's a different process than, a podcast like this where we're just talking and you don't have that uh straightforward you know uh like almost like beginning, beginning middle end which you would have with a with the script yeah yeah i mean like if you if you you know mr beast when he makes long form content he starts with the title and then and then from the title creates the content it's kind of a, a similar process start with the value and then create the content uh, when you're doing podcasts, you know, they, they just don't work in that way. And that's not to say that you can't get a viral clip in there, but um, there's just a different uh, methodology when we're doing it with shorts. Um, and, and and you mentioned as well, like this was a great lead gen tool for you. So obviously you start putting out content, um, leads start coming in. Let's talk about monetization. 
because I think sometimes when you're building an audience, people think, okay, so how do I actually make money out of this? Again, it all ties back to the time investing from the business owner. So when is this actually going to turn into leads? So if we if we sort of you know agreed on the fact that if the content is answering questions, eventually they will turn into leads, but you know, the business owner is going to try and get that content turned into leads as quick as possible. How do you balance the monetization of the content and not being too salesy and, but still getting that end result? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, from time to time, depending on your industry, um, you can, you know, ask people to reach out. The, the reason why I say depending on your industry is as a lawyer, if, if I say something like, call me, uh, it becomes an advertisement and there's all these disclosure requirements and things you need to do if you're if you're asking people to contact you versus just giving tips out. Um, but depending on what your niche and, and industry is, you may not have those restrictions. Uh, this still, you know, you don't want to uh, go overboard with telling people to reach out to you. Um, you know, you can say DM me for more information, things like that. But if you're doing it too much, then you become a sales pitch, right? Uh, but with the monetization, you know, we, within our program, we, you know, we have automation. Uh, I have a chat bot I use, um, that, you know, answer, like at least figures out what people want when they DM me. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's ways to make life easier when it comes to how do you take viewers to, to, uh, to actual customers and clients. Um, and so, uh, I think, you know, that those type of tools have been incredibly useful for me uh, because it's, it's nearly impossible for me to read and answer every single DM I get nowadays. Uh, but the the bot, you know, is able to collect, uh, you know, contact information, figure out what their inquiry is about and then send it to the right person. Um, and so that's, you know, a, a incredibly time saving thing. Um, and I think, uh, you, you know, when you're first starting out, you really just want to make sure that you you may not need that uh or, or let me strike that when you're first starting out your focus should be on building that community uh because you might you may not get someone reaching out right away but you're building your brand presence you know and it's it, it, yeah it's a time commitment but like we said you know two to four hours a week i mean come on you can you can make that time um and i can promise you you know that the money that you have to spend on ads is not going to build a community because they are only seeing the ads. They're not like coming back to your page. Yeah. So, you know, you're paying per, per, you know, view and that's it. And, and maybe someone clicks on it because they have uh, that concern or issue, but in general, uh, you're not adding to your brand and building your brand and, and, you know, you keep doing this for one, two years. Now your community is bigger and bigger and bigger and, um, things keep going, but you know, from when I started in, in doing this, um, you know, I, I instantly started getting, uh, messages, uh, you know, and I think, uh, everyone has that ability. Um, it's just uh, putting out consistent content. We're just going to take a quick break. Thank the longtime friend and sponsor of the show, the HubSpot podcast network. They have incredible podcasts. One of my favorites, one you have to check out this month is nudge hosted by Phil Agnew. Now, if you've ever noticed the smallest changes always seem to have the biggest impact. On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. The point is, every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice from these incredible entrepreneurs 
behavioral scientists, and everybody in between. Not just fast-paced, but very insightful and a must-listen if you're a podcast fan. Make sure you listen to Nudge wherever you love to get your podcasts. When when you talk about like the success metrics that you track, obviously leads and revenue is a great success metric, but that's a lagging indicator, right? So somebody's putting out content and they're starting to build. And, and this is sort of like the, I want to get people off the ground. That's really the goal. It's like to get people from, from zero to one. And not not everything goes viral and they put out some content and it's not going viral um but it's not it's not missing it's just not going viral so what are those those success kpis that they should look for what what is there tools that you use is there you know if it's gets a couple likes and a comment is it like what is the thing that you look for in good content if it's not going viral obviously viral is the best option yeah. but not everyone gets it right away i i like to look at you know, bad content as well, because you can learn a lot from your bad content too. But there's certain metrics that are really important. Um, on TikTok and YouTube, you can see retention graphs, which show, you know, where how long were people watching and then when did they drop off? Um, and that's pretty important to understand, like, what part of your video did you lose people? Did you talk for too long? Did your hook suck and, you know, the people just dropped off right away. Um, the, those little things you want to analyze, you know, what's working, how can I say this video better if I was to do it again, based off, you know, the retention graph. Um, and there's other metrics to consider that, you know, honestly, one of the least important things is the amount of views, although that's what everyone, you know, just focuses on, but really you want to look at comments, shares, saves, um, there's a strategy involved for all of those, um, you know, whether you're asking, you know, talking about a topic that is debatable and, and, and controversial, you're, you may get more comments. Um, if it's something very useful, people will save it or share it. Um, and depending on what your goal is, you know, whether it's to uh, communicate more with your community, build a, a more loyal community, or just to have your, your videos out there that people are saving because they're so useful and then they come back to it later. Um, that kind of uh, can guide your strategy as to what type of content as well. But, you know, you just want to take note of what's working, what's not working. Looking at the retention graphs, um, I would say, are, are definitely the the most important parts. And and I also, I, I, I was sort of looking over a lot of your content, obviously, before this show. And you you obviously have the very helpful content, but you, and that's sort of evergreen. A lot of that stuff is is evergreen. But then you also have like commentary on on trending stories and topics that you know a lot about or, or you can comment on because of you know your your legal training and whatnot and your schooling um what do you think is it a mix of both do you think you should do one more than the other is it more helpful more trending what works better well i mean for it depends on the the person right what they feel comfortable talking about obviously yeah. right the when i was talking about the heartbeat method and the different topic ideas you know uh, just to give you a quick preview, H sounds H stands for history, um, E stands for explain, um, and uh, one of the things uh, T, the T in it stands for trending. Um, you know, these are all different ideas that you can come up with, and trending being current events. Um, current events are something to tap into uh, as long as you feel comfortable talking about it, but also you have to be able to provide something with it, whether it's um, explaining it so people understand it better, putting, uh, because it relates to your niche, 
putting you know your your opinion towards it or because it relates to your niche uh explaining it to people who may not understand it you know related to your niche as much um as you can tell like i'm not putting out videos about you know soccer leagues and and stuff like that i don't have like it doesn't mesh with what i'm doing but anything about uh you know legal lawsuits or or, or current events you know when the johnny depp thing was going on uh, those things you know are a good idea to hop on if you can provide something uh, some input on it um and because if, if something is trending um, it's going to be pushed out more because people are looking at it more, you know, at that time. But it doesn't say evergreen. That's the that's the trade-off, right? Um, so it's not going to be looked at for for ages, but it will, uh, you know, have a higher chance of probably going viral or getting more views at that moment. Um, and and you know, you mentioned as well. Uh, there's like a there's an ability for anybody, regardless of personality, to to put themselves out there. And and you really work with all all types of individuals, but. Um, are there any are there any drawbacks to putting yourself out there? I'm just, uh, it's it's a leading question. Of of course there are, but I am curious about you know your your particular experiences putting yourself out there and just to sort of have like a real discussion with somebody who's thinking about doing this, not to scare them or dissuade them, but help them understand that if it works, it really works, and you have to be aware of putting your face out there. And I mean, whatever, fourteen million people. It's, you get recognized. You obviously get recognized as you're walking around, and it's great sometimes, and I'm sure it's not great a lot of other times. So, what 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 has what your experience been as you you know you get this massive amount of following in such a short period of time? I mean, I haven't had any bad experiences. You know, just just asked to take photographs at, like at, at weird times, but <laughs> um, but the uh, a lot of our students, you know, have that that fear of of being on camera, fear of social media and putting themselves out there um you know the first thing we we talk about with them is um you know you you have to you'll get more comfortable with the camera as you go uh if you watch my very old videos i'm not the same person it took a while to get you know more use used to and comfortable with it um and then the the fear of uh you know social media you know some people are like well what about if people say negative comments you know you it's it's social media there's trolls out there they're gonna say negative stuff at the end of the day if you're putting out value and you're gonna see positive results and you're gonna hear from the people that you are helping and if someone comes in and says something bad or, or comments on how you look you know just ignore it you know that's it's part of social media um you know there's if you're really against you know being on camera you can maybe hire an actor to represent your your brand, um, but uh, without a doubt, there needs to be a face uh, for this type of short form content. There needs to be a face representing the brand uh, because people relate to people, um, not to not to an object. Um, so uh, that's that's kind of the key to it. But uh, for anyone just starting out, uh, you know, just stick with it. Don't get discouraged. And things will become more natural as you keep going. And, you know, haters going to hate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's also, it's also, you know, um, I think those, those, those are, are great, you know, words of wisdom for somebody who's just starting because again, your, your, your success is, is incredible and, and well-deserved. And obviously you, you've really leaned into being on camera, but it's not like this is, hasn't been like a learning curve for you, but still the, the amount of followers in a short period of time is incredible not everybody is going to get 
14 million followers in two to three years. But to your point, if you're selling a product or service, you don't need 14 million people to make a shitload of money off social media if you have a great community of people that could buy your product or service. You need a couple thousand at most in all seriousness, and that could be a huge net positive for your business. So I don't think, I, like yeah. you, you are a special example of what could happen, but it is not what needs to happen at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we helped one of our students get from zero to sixty thousand followers. There's also, a, a TikTok. If people lose sight of like yeah. how many people that actually is. Like, if you saw yeah. sixty thousand people in a room, like, you, like that'd be a big ass audience. Yeah, and and he he gets a lot of business uh, from it. So you know, it doesn't have to be the numbers that you see. Um, you know, with me, but um, our course is you know basically about we, we take students that we believe we can get them. Uh, a million views in a hundred days. Um, so uh, that's kind of, you know, our goal with, with all of these um, things is, is just get, get your content out there. But again, don't get caught up on the numbers. More important to get caught up on creating a good community. Eufy is sponsoring today's video. They reached out to me. I tested out their video lock. It is a game changer. I'm going to paint a picture for you for why I'm so excited to work with them. So you're getting home, your arms are loaded with groceries or packages or boxes or everything, and your keys are in your pocket. This drives me nuts. This happens all the time. I upgraded to the Eufy Video Lock. Fingerprint, tap, I'm inside. And honestly, I also feel way safer. It's got this awesome built-in camera, so whether it's a package delivery or late-night Uber order, I see exactly who's there right from my phone. There are no more mystery knocks. And the best part... This thing was such a breeze to set up. There's no wires, there's no drilling. Uh, there's also no monthly subscription fees. So if you are done fumbling with your keys, because I definitely am, search for Eufy Video Lock or head over to eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Your front door, your sanity. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Um, because it, it, what, what, what is it the, the business that says like relationships are something like it's something like business is based on relationships or something like that, right? It, it, you know, the, it's one thing to get a view. It's another thing to create a connection. Um, but you can only create that connection by by putting out this content, right? And then engaging with people. Um, and you know, that's how that's how you do it because that's how you make a lasting bond 
with people that come back, yeah. you know? And, and when you, and, and, you know, well, obviously we'll drop the link to the, the course and, and, and what you're basically building now, um, in the show notes, but just so that people understand if people actually did want to work with you and, and, and work with your course, the way you set it up, they don't need to hire an editor. They don't need to outsource. Like day day zero is just them and a phone, right? Because I know there's, you know, you can go on Upwork or Fiverr or you can spend a lot more money building out a little team or, or finding somebody to hire. But right now you're teaching somebody phone, record, edit. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our course, we wanted to make essentially like a master class, right? Uh, when it comes to creating organic social media content. And so it starts off with, you know, defining, defining your brand, uh, defining your ideal audience. Then we get into, uh, you know, the basics, like what, what you, what equipment you need, which is essentially your phone. Um, and then the, the topic ideas, the scripting, we teach you how to edit on, um, cat, like we actually teach you how to edit on two different uh, types of software. One is more advanced, which is, you know, final cut and that type of stuff. But the easy one is cap cut, which anyone, and my mom can do it, um, you know, it, it can use, and we teach you how to edit on that. Um, and then, you know, all the techniques for posting and, um, you know, uh, maximizing uh, your videos through hashtags and, and titles, and, and then finally, you know, analyzing the analytics. Um, but it is, um, you know, it's something that one person can do. We even teach you how to film um, as if, you know, we show you how to do it if you're one person, how to do transitions, show you how to do it if you're two people, um, show you how to film, you know, different ways. If you're, if all you have is you and a tripod, uh, or if you can get, you know, a family member to help you out, you know, what, whatever it may be, we wanted to make sure that we had something that would um, take someone from A to Z uh, who doesn't really understand social media, uh, who doesn't have editing or, or filming experience, uh, but still, uh, teach them how to do all this. I love that. Um, if you had to, if you had to do one thing differently when you were starting to post, starting to create content after all that you've learned, what was that one thing that had the biggest impact? One thing differently. Um, let's see. <laughs> um, it's tough. It's a tough question the, because the, the, the success is like the, the endless iteration of a thousand different things, but I'm putting you on the spot yeah. and I'm forcing you to, to try and think of one, one takeaway. I think, uh, hold on. Let me think of this for a second. Um, there's just so many different things I, I could, I could say, um, I think, I mean, uh, when yeah, there's, I guess there's a couple of things. Uh, when I first started out like on, on TikTok, um, I was also posting to Instagram, but I tried posting the YouTube shorts in the beginning and, and didn't see success right away. Like I had seen on, on TikTok, you know, within two months. Um, so I stopped posting on YouTube shorts and didn't return back till a friend of mine was talking about how they were growing so much. So I decided to go back to do it eight months later. Now we're at 2.5 million subscribers on YouTube. Um, but you know, I gave up too early. Right. And I think that goes back to the uh, point for everyone that, um, don't get discouraged. You know, you got to keep putting the content out. If you feel good about what you're putting out, 
then you, you'll care uh, uh, less about the results and just know that you're putting out something good. Uh, it will come eventually. Like I said, um, the algorithms are set to, to find people that will like your content, right? So as long as you're not putting out trash, um, you know, it's going to find the people that are right for it. It just takes a little time. Uh, I think that's, you know, one of the things I, I wish I would have done differently, but also the other thing being um, really, uh, I think in the beginning, I didn't have a good schedule for making this content. It was like, it was constantly like, just got to put out a video. I got to put a video, like video. And, and, and it was like manic. And over time I developed like, okay, this is my scripting day. This is my filming day. This is when it's editing. This is when I plan, um, you know, and it just changed everything, you know, and, and made this into a machine. Uh, but before in the beginning, it was like, it was crazy, you know, and it was, uh, something that uh when what we were doing we were trying to post a lot so it was you know it was crazy not to have good organization there um and, and just another tip to throw out there for everyone if you if you're just starting or haven't started yet uh one thing that will make your life easier is to build an inventory before you start posting uh once you start posting you, you'll want to keep posting like i was saying the same cadence uh you know once a week or twice a week whatever but if you haven't really started yet or just going to start, um, you can build up 10 videos and then, you know, you just got 10 weeks done and now you don't have to stress, you know, don't put yourself what I went through. <laughs> um, so, so that's kind of, you know, uh, I guess the two things that I, I would have done differently is, is, you know, being more, uh, you know, willing to, to, uh, consistently post and try things out. Uh, when they weren't working on YouTube shorts, uh, which applies to any platform, um, you know, keep going with it and also uh, making sure that you are organized in doing this uh, do, no matter what amount of content you're trying to put out. Oh, those systems, those systems can make or break you. And those systems can be, yeah. well, it's because, you know, you're, most people try and do this on top of their day job or on top of running their business, right? So if you don't have those systems locked down, that's where people fall off because they don't, and it's yeah. silly because people build systems in every other part of life. They have their morning routines, they have their gym routines, they have their business routines, they have their exactly. work routines, but they think, oh, I'll just ad hoc create stuff to post. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, I mean, you'll yeah. get two, three, four, whatever. Then you're like, oh my God, this is too much work. So, and yeah, I think that, exactly. that, that 10 piece tip is almost like forcing somebody to block, create, batch, create content before they even start. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that's exactly it. You know, get yourself some padding and then, you know, we, it's important to put down time slots for whatever the task may be, um, into your calendar. Like you do everything else, uh, to keep yourself on track and organized. Um, if people want to, okay. So I, I love this and, and I want to, I want to give you just a second to drop some of your handles. If people for some reason have not seen you yet or haven't followed you, where should they go? But also where should people go to reach out about the course? Where should people go to reach out to you? Like, where do you want to send people if they want to connect? Yeah. Um, if, uh, if you haven't seen my social media, uh, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram at law by Mike. Uh, so same, same name across all the platforms. Um, if you uh, are interested in our course, I think you're going to drop the QR code on, on this, right. Uh, but it's just impact and influence.net. Our, our course is called impact and influence. Uh, we, we actually just won an award for it. 
so um, that's how you can access the course. And then um, if you have, uh, if you want to reach out to me about the course in any way, uh, you can email Mike at impactandinfluence.net. Awesome, man. Okay. Um, last question I ask everyone. So obviously you've had like many seasons to your life and your career. I mean, between law school to big law to family law to now social media and whatnot. So it span a lot of different, uh, span a lot of different things. But at this point in your life, um, what does success mean to you? Yeah, I think th this kind of goes back to what I was saying um, in the beginning where, you know, my mindset as someone coming out of Duke Law School as, as being a lawyer was uh, success as being the best lawyer, winning the cases, learning, you know, how to be the best. W what I was, you know, becoming was the, you know, trial lawyer, right? Becoming the best, um, you know, trial lawyer, speaking, um, you know, to jurors, convincing them, et cetera, and winning cases. Uh, but because of this fork in the road uh, that happened with social media, um, I saw a change, uh, which was uh, helping people uh, who reach out, seeing how my my content, you know, is changing lives and, and for the better and educating people about things they don't know so that uh, they know their rights when they're pulled over by the cops. They they know, uh, you know, they're better equipped to handle the legal system. Uh, that was the definition of success for me, the more people I can help. Um, and, you know, by putting out this information that is essentially under lock and key, um, you know, unless you go to law school, you know this, or, or you find out way too late when you're, you know, in court, uh, whether you, you've been arrested or, or you're fighting your neighbor, um, you find out things way too late. Um, why don't we know this stuff beforehand? So that's my mission, you know, is to teach this to everyone. And uh, we kind of like to relate you know, our brand to like a Bill Nye of law, right? Um, just trying to uh, to kind of spread that knowledge, you know, and, and it's fun for me. I have a great time doing it and helping people and that's success, you know, making an impact.